Welcome to the Morning News Podcast for Monday, January 18th. We begin with a look at the future of the Keystone XL pipeline project following speculation that President-elect Joe Biden will nix the project in his first few days as president. We get the latest from Mike LeCouture, Global News Ottawa correspondent. Today is the day that restrictions are being eased here in our province, with many personal services reopening and larger outdoor gatherings will be permitted as well. We get the details from Sarah Offen, Global News Calgary reporter. Then we head stateside with the presidential inauguration only two days away. Security is really ramping up. We get the latest on the preparations with Reggie Cicchini, Global's Washington correspondent. And finally, it's been called Blue Monday, referred to as the saddest day of the year. So we catch up with a certified personal trainer with some tips on how to boost your mood and shake those January blues through physical fitness. Um, in the news, we have to talk about Keystone XL mm-hmm. and the rumors swirling. And something you underscore, the fact is uh, this document perhaps was leaked. We're unclear at this point of, uh, you know, the age of the document as well. So we're going to uh, dig deeper into that uh, because the rumor is that incoming President Joe Biden plans to kill the Keystone XL pipeline in his first day in office. With some details, we're joined by Global News Ottawa correspondent Mike LeCouture. Good morning to you, Mike. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Good. Thank you for taking the time with us this morning. What has the reaction been so far on our side of the border to this news? Well, I think for, so far it's safe to say it's been a uh, shock, um, you know, for not at, at the result, but really the timing of it all, because this is something that President-elect Joe Biden had campaigned on. Uh, so it's not a shock that he wanted to put a stop to the Keystone XL pipeline. Uh, however, doing it on day one, as these documents um, that have been seen by the Canadian press show uh, that it would be done by executive order on Wednesday, I think is uh, the thing that is a little bit more shocking, especially considering um, the fact that during the congratulatory call that the Prime Minister made to President-elect Joe Biden, uh, the two men apparently agreed to discuss it at a later date um, and, and sort of kick the can down the road a little bit. So the fact that this is happening on day one is more than likely taking the Canadian government by surprise. Uh, the reaction already from the Canadian ambassador to the U.S., Kristen Hillman, uh, basically trying to explain that this is not the same project as the one that was rejected by President Barack Obama back in 2015. Uh, and she uh, saying that, look, not only has the project itself changed significantly since it was first proposed, but Canada's oil sands production has changed significantly. Uh, noting that per barrel oil sands global house global, uh, greenhouse gas emissions have dropped by 31% since 2000 uh, and that innovation continues to drive it uh, she says quote my team and i will continue to work with alberta and the industry to make sure that american lawmakers and stakeholders understand the facts about energy production in canada tc energy uh, the company behind it didn't really address biden's decision but they did put out a statement uh, right after it so in a sense addressing it, saying um, that they continue to aim to make Keystone XL the first pipeline to be powered by fully renewable energy uh, and saying it would have the lowest environmental impact of an oil pipeline in terms of greenhouse gas emissions. So clearly trying to save this uh, by any means possible if that is possible, is another thing. Uh, because if this was on a, a first draft of what will happen on day one, or if this is the final draft, I think that is one of the unknowns uh, going forward. And, and Mike, obviously a lot of impact for us here in Alberta. So if this is in fact a, a legitimate thing that he will try to quash it on day one, is there any chance the Canadian government can stop that from happening? Um, not really, I don't think, because it is what happens on their side of the border that is in their purview. 
Um, th- there can be lobbying. There can be discussions. The uh, you know the Alberta government has discussed uh, any kind of legal avenues. Uh, Jason Kennedy saying that Alberta NTC Energy will use all legal legal avenues to try and uh, protect this project. Um, and they're continuing to trying to appeal to lawmakers on on that side of the border, saying that look, this is part of our strategic alliance. This uh, if you get oil from Canada, you know where it's coming from. You don't have to go to any other OPEC nation. Uh, that has been one of the pitches for many a year. Uh, but trying to make sure that this doesn't happen after it's signed into an executive order, uh, that would be slim chances. Mike, thank you so much for the update this morning. Thanks for having me. That is Mike LeCouture, Global Ottawa Bureau, sorry, Global News Ottawa Bureau correspondent. 7.20 on the morning news last Thursday. Health Minister Tyler Shandro announced that starting today, personal and wellness services may reopen, but by appointment only. Global News reporter Sarah Offen joins us now with how some of these businesses are planning to open their doors under these newly relaxed restrictions. Good morning to you, Sarah. Good morning, Andrew. And I understand that uh, you're basically out and about, you know, maybe trying the doors to some of these businesses. Is, <laughs> is it a case that you wanted to get your hair done? What's happening? <laughs> You know what? It's part of the whole mental health thing, right? You got to uh, you got to look your best uh, to feel your best. But yeah, so you know, there's been a lot of pent up demand, obviously, over uh, the last month and a bit that people have been waiting to get back inside these um, these kind of shops. So you're talking salons, barber shops, uh, aesthetic places tattoo parlors, uh, piercing places. So now people can book again, but it's by appointment only. And of course, uh, a lot of these places have been dealing with sort of a frenzy of booking uh, since these restrictions were eased or announced that they were going to be eased on Thursday. Today's the first day that people can open. But boy, is it ever a lot of work for these guys when they have to go now and and rebook all these people and bring back their staff. And and so there's a lot of work. And we spoke with owners over the weekend who tell us, yeah, they've been working uh, long hours to try and prepare for this. And of course, a lot of them very eager to start seeing some paychecks coming in uh, the doors again. A lot of Employees, of course, have been laid off temporarily through this. So uh, this is uh, some welcome news, at least for this industry. Sarah, can you confirm, deny, or have you not heard like the rest of us about massage therapy? I know that if you had a doctor's note, you've been able to, but uh, someone told me on the weekend that they thought that the massage therapy was going to be opening up again as of today, too. Yeah, that's my understanding as well. You're no longer going to need a referral, which, you know, we've been hearing from massage therapists that a lot of their clients found it difficult to get uh, those referrals as well. And then they weren't obviously seeing the business uh, that that they normally do as well, because people may be confused about what that actually means, whether they can go, how dire their situations need to be before they can go and get a referral, that kind of thing. So, so yeah, they'll be very excited to be welcoming clients back in as well. Mm-hmm. But again, all on an appointment basis. Right, Sarah, when last Thursday we heard this announcement from Tyler Shandro, I think it was kind of unexpected because we had all eyes on the 21st. Uh, this Thursday when the uh, restrictions originally announced in December were announced, do we have any update on in, uh, when, when we're going to hear another update from the Premier or, or Tyler Shandro for that matter as far as restaurants and recreation? Yeah, and and that's really what a lot of people in the hospitality service are waiting for. At this point, they have said that that will be updated on January 21st. And Jason Kenney has said that he would provide uh, a week's notice to allow for the new inventory to be purchased and uh, staff to be hired. So people in the hospitality industry know that they're going to have at least a week uh, 
before uh, they're allowed to open once they get the heads up. And so far, they have not yet heard from uh, the premier or the province that things would be opening up. So they are still very much waiting. And there's a lot of frustration there, too. I mean, at, at the same time, the contact tracing is behind and a lot of people in the hospitality industry saying, how can you prove that the cases are actually coming from uh, inside of our businesses or we're coming from inside of our businesses? So so there's a lot of frustration, mm-hmm. but certainly uh, some happiness within the uh, the service, the personal wellness industry right now to see their doors opening up again this morning. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for the update. And I uh, can't wait to see your new do. All right. I'm thinking face tattoo. All the rage, Sarah. All the rage. Thanks for joining us. That's Sarah Offen, Global News reporter. There are fears some of the people assigned to protect Washington, D.C. during Joe Biden's inauguration could present a threat to him or other VIPs. Extraordinary security measures are being put in place in Washington. And with an update ahead of the swearing in, we check in this morning with Global's Washington correspondent, Reggie Cicchini. Good morning, Reggie. Good morning. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. Let's talk about, I saw some of it on the news, the just incredible security that's being set up around the perimeter of the White House and beyond in D.C. this weekend. Crazy. Yeah, it is massive right now. It does feel like you're in another country, uh, not somewhere like the U.S. or something like Canada would see. You know, the the security checkpoints right now uh, are layered. And the further out you go, I mean, they're still extending 12, 14 blocks away from the U.S. Capitol. And the the issue here is that, yes, this is to protect the Capitol. It's to protect uh, the VIPs. It's to protect the incoming president. But there are also 700,000 people who live in Washington that are also being impacted by uh, not being able to simply move around. So this really is one of the most strictest uh, lockdowns that this that this district really has ever seen. And it, it seemed like, you know, the whole focus was on the ramp up of this security. But we heard about one incident of a young man, uh, armed man, uh, arrested on Saturday trying to get into the Capitol. Tell us the details we knew we know about this uh, gentleman. So th- there are conflicting reports on this. Uh, the person in question uh, was stopped with with weaponry and with uh, ammunition in his vehicle. But there there is conflicting reporting as to whether he may have been suspicious or not. There's reporting that suggests he may have been a security guard and had the uh, incorrect uh, uh, badges uh, to be able to flash to the sh- uh, the checkpoints as you're driving through them. What it does show, though, is that uh, the reason that the security is here is to prevent anything like this from happening or going further. There were a couple of arrests over the weekend. A woman tried to drive through one of the checkpoints. She was carrying a loaded weapon with her. Uh, she went through a mental evaluation uh, and eventually was arrested. So there are uh, a number of these cases that are popping up, but they are not widespread. What has President-elect Joe Biden said about the security threats, or have we even really heard much from him? They're pretty giving him a low profile, that's for sure. They are giving him a low profile, and there's a couple of reasons for this. Number one, Joe Biden is really trying to focus on Inauguration Day and beyond, understanding that the time is nearly his, but also he's essentially giving it to the Republicans, giving his time to, if the president needs to come out, to let them kind of dig a further hole for them to be in. He really is trying to give, uh, you know, the Americans uh, a sense of what's to come. He's he's focused on COVID. He is focused uh, on the economy. He's focused on the security situation surrounding the, the inauguration and beyond. Uh, and he really is trying to just not focus on one thing, which is why we're seeing him come out. We're seeing him make appointments. We're seeing him make announcements. Uh, but he really is not trying to get in the way of of the kind of security features that are in place right now. Reggie, I believe it was made clear last week that uh, current president Donald Trump will not be in attendance uh, when it comes to the inauguration. Do we have any idea what he will be doing on Inauguration Day? 
Uh, there's a potential that he could be issuing pardons on Inauguration Day. Uh, we know he is in power until 12 noon. We also know that he's expected to leave sometime late morning uh, on Marine One in order to be able to get on Air Force One because this is important for him. Uh, he does not want to take the plane when it does not have the moniker of AF-1 <laughs> anymore. Uh, he's expected to land in Mar-a-Lago for 11 o'clock in the morning, so he'll either watch the inauguration from uh, the resort in Florida or he'll you know ignore it, but he is the first president realistically in modern history to not attend uh, the inauguration of his successor. Reggie, you know, you mentioned pardons and we're hearing that, you know, Trump could issue about 100 pardons and commutations on Tuesday alone. Is it possible that he can pardon himself? And can any of these pardons be undone? Uh, I don't know the logistics of undoing a pardon. Uh, pardoning himself is another question that has never been tried and tested in a court. Uh, it would probably, at least people close to the president, have said that it would be unwise to pardon himself because it would be opening himself up to essentially uh, saying that he did wrong. Uh, and that could come back to harm him if any state-level prosecutor decided to go after him uh, because a pardon is only for federal offenses. Uh, so, again, it's unclear. The founding fathers of the U.S. really tried to get away from some being able to pardon themselves because uh, they were trying to move away from the monarchy and said that somebody shouldn't be their own judge and jury. Uh, you know, this is a president, though, that's unconventional. He's broken the norms of Washington. It's one of those things that quite literally for the next, you know, 50-ish hours is wait and see. Mm. By some measures, uh, Reggie, the uh, death toll in the U.S. from coronavirus has now passed that 400,000 threshold. I know there are different you know, uh, systems out there to measure the amount of deaths, but you look at uh, President-elect Joe Biden, a couple of days from now, most certainly it'll be over 400,000. He has mentioned he's going to hit the ground running, and uh, can you talk about some of the uh, promises he's made to the American people to battle coronavirus uh, starting on Wednesday? Yeah, look, it's a tr it's a several trillion dollar promise that he has made to Americans. You know, it's going to be a tough sell to get Republicans to buy into that. But the Democrats will have the majority to be able to pass this measure through the Senate and ultimately get it going forward, which means more money uh, for Americans. But he's essentially going to try and ramp up vaccination. He needs to see more people in this country getting a needle in their arm uh, because the numbers are not anywhere near where they're supposed to be. The Trump administration promised 20 million at the end of December. It's only 11 million right now. So he's pumping money in to state and local governments governments to give them the financial support to be able to roll out these vaccinations. He's still anticipating, uh, you know, 100 million people vaccinated within his uh, first 100 days in office. It's an arduous task for him, uh, considering the rollout has been so slow. So millions upon billions of dollars are being pumped into this program right now. And it's simply going to be, will he be able to do it? Will there be anything that gets in the way? And will these potential new strains out there put further stress on a system that's already stressed? Uh, I doubt that it's as important down in the U.S. today as it is for us here in Canada, but uh, with word that Biden has indicated he'll cancel Keystone XL on his first day in office. Any word at all that you've heard from Washington on that news? I mean, look, this is, it, it, again, it, this is a situation that, you know, it impacts parts of the Midwest and it really impacts obviously Western Canada, but it's just such a non-talker in the United States mm -hmm. right now. But it fits in with what Joe Biden had been talking about with really trying to put climate change uh, and th things that impact impact climate, uh, number one on his agenda outside of COVID-19. You know, he's going to roll back 
regulations the Trump administration put in place, you know, rejoining the Paris Accord and things like that. Uh, so Keystone was one of those things. We didn't think it would happen on day one. It's obviously going to now. This is going to be something that's going to spark conversations between the White House and Ottawa. The embassy is likely going to be involved in this uh, as well uh, with the ambassador. Uh, but again, this is a, this is an incoming president who really is is trying to make uh, America or at least put America back on on the kind of you know upper platform it was when it comes to climate. And unfortunately, um, you know, a, a Canadian project or at least a project that was to benefit Western Canadians could be the first thing that falls. So, literally, if you can break it down for us from, from what you know. From the stage, from the inauguration, literally, does the president, newly inaugurated president, walk into the White House and, you know, literally start signing documents? He can literally walk into the office and put a pen to paper and start undoing or use executive orders to start undoing the actions that uh, that President Trump has put in place over the last four years. This is going to be a quick uh, unraveling of rules and regulations that have been uh, in effect uh, since Trump took office. And that's kind of what he's going to do. There's also going to be, you know, uh, you know, undoing of the rules that have been put in place by other agencies. That takes a little bit more time. But the, the incoming president is going to put that marker on his executive orders and he is going to roll things back quickly. So there are going to be quick and significant changes that happen within the first 24 hours. Reggie, is all of Trump's stuff going to be gone by then? <laughs> Most of Trump's stuff is already out. There are pictures circulating from the inside of the White House where it's literally just the nails and clips hanging on the walls. President <laughs> Trump is in is isolated in, an, in a house with very few staff and very few things of his left. <laughs> Reggie, thank you so much uh, for the update and for your time this morning. Thanks. That's Reggie Cicchini, Global's Washington correspondent. 909 on the morning news. Today is Blue Monday, sometimes referred to as the saddest day of the year. However, it's more than just a blue day for many amid the pandemic. With some tips on keeping it positive, we're joined now by Natalie Tolman, a certified uh, personal trainer and health promotion lead with Participation. We know that one. Good morning to you, Natalie. Good morning, Andrew. Uh, thank you for taking the time with us. And, and, you know, although it's just a calendar day, it's January 18th, some people call it Blue Monday. It might be mythical, but with credit card bills now in, colder weather, uh, some uh, darker sky action with less sunlight, and we're starting to crank that up a bit, it can be a little gloomy this time of the year, can't it? Absolutely. Yeah, like you said, it is more of a myth than a reality, but it is not. It is true that it is darker now. It is true that with COVID restrictions, it's a little bit harder right now. And most Canadians are, are finding it tough and they don't um, connect or know where to go to feel better. So I know you've got some ideas for us. So, you know, whether it's, a, you know, financially, we need to sort of get our house in order, but physically too, helps the brain, helps the body all at once, doesn't it? 100% so. Uh, so what we're looking at is trying to get Canadians to reconsider um, how they deal with that sadness. And one thing that's really important to understand is that being active, just moving for your mood can really help boost those um, sort of feel-good hormones that we're looking for, especially now when it's a little bit darker and we're not getting as much sunlight. Um, getting active will help boost your mood and help you feel better, help you combat some of that sort of dark, dank feeling you're experiencing right now. And definitely physical activity is a way for you to actually connect with people. Uh, you can connect outside with safe restrictions, you know, wear a mask if it makes you feel more comfortable and get outside and get walking or connect socially um, through uh, different uh, platforms and channels uh, where you can connect uh, to do a video together or get active together. And in some ways, Natalie, you touched on the sunlight. 
the fact is, across the nation, many, well, I think 99% of the provinces out there have some restrictions in place when it comes to the gyms we used to go to. Taking it mm-hmm. outside, not only will you know you get the exercise and fresh air, but the sunlight is built in. 100%. 100%. Uh, there, there are no to-date restrictions that keep you from getting outside right now across our country. So really encourage you to be very simple in your tactics and just put on a good pair of secure shoes, some warm clothing, and take a walk. Just after about five minutes, um, there is that release of endorphins and dopamine and that sunlight. Uh, all of that's going to hit you and it's going to help you feel so much better. We know here in Alberta, people are, are certainly doing that because it is busy at all the, you know, whether you're going on a hike or going skating on the lake, whatever it is, there are a lot of people out there. And really key right now too, Natalie, because of what it does, you know, mentally for our mental health and, and COVID has really, you know, it's, it's hit us hard in the mental health issue this year. 100%, 100%, two out of five adults are really struggling with finding their mental health is deteriorating due to the pandemic. So really uh, trying to get people to reconsider um, how they deal with those emotions. Because right now, about half Canadians don't see the connection of physical activity to mental health. So while there are some, like you said, that are getting out, there's so many more that should be taking measures to get outside, get connected socially and get sunlight. Natalie, I'm wondering, you know, when you say the connection between physical activity and mental health, is there an amount of minutes uh, per day or per week till we see that effect? Can you put a time on it? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the best thing to understand, first of all, is every day counts and all movement counts because I think that's a barrier for a lot of people. As you said, you know, we may have some traditional views of, you know, physical activity and that existing in certain spaces and places, but really movement is something that should be part of your day. And yes, there are some strong guidelines. We would like you to get uh, 150 minutes of moderate to vigorous physical activity per week as an adult. And that's, you know, easy things like shoveling your snow, cleaning your home, taking a brisk walk. So they are achievable uh, minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reality is before the pandemic, pandemic, only 16% of Canadians were actually achieving that. So now more than ever, we need to make um, that effort for ourselves and every day move more, you know, be less sedentary and really get outside. Natalie, since we have you, I have to ask you this because I know that um, growing up, and I remember in elementary school, participation was okay. such a huge thing, whether or not it was, you know, maybe earning a badge or seeing the ads <laughs> on TV. Uh, again, I'm, I'm not in school anymore. Maybe a lot of people think I should be. Um, and I'm far <laughs> removed from there. And I see the, the word participation uh, here and there. But I'm wondering if you can tell us what partas- participation is all about in 2021 and where can we find more info? Absolutely. So um, we have been around for about 50 years. We're actually celebrating our 50th anniversary uh, this coming July. Uh, and we are a nonprofit um, physical activity brand that's been around a long time trying to get Canadians just to break sedentary behavior uh, and see physical activity as an integral part of their day, something that should have a priority in their day. Um, and you can go to participation.com for more information. But it's really important to know this. We have an app that's available for Ooh. Canadians, a participation app, and it is free to Canadians. <laughs> and right now we have a challenge going on called the True North Challenge, which is a move 
minutes-based uh, challenge. So every movement that you track on the app, either manually or sync directly to the app, you will enter into an opportunity to win prizes. So uh, now more than ever, we all need a little motivation. And so I really encourage Canadians to download this free app and take full advantage of the coaching, the content, and the motivation that you might need. Participation's been around forever, and now there's an app for that. I love it. Thanks, <laughs> yeah. Natalie. Appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. Have the, a great day. You too. That is Natalie Toman, Certified Personal Trainer and Participation Health Promotion Lead. And you know what? When you have an app on your phone, you don't really have to do much. It just kind of does the work for you. So that's a great way to do And the fact that you can win for getting off your butt and moving too. Not, <laughs> not a bad deal at all. What are you looking at me? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny because we do go on our nightly walks very early just after supper with the toddlers and I've come to very much enjoy it. I have never been out uh, more routinely for walks mm-hmm. in my entire life except for the pandemic. But yeah. it's the little things like with this home runner we're doing, I, I moved a stove yesterday uh, out of the house and There's carried it downstairs. Done. And I can feel it in my hips right now and I can feel that, you know, perhaps I should be doing a little bit more and it doesn't take moving a stove or, or running a marathon for that matter. The baby steps in to, to connect it to your mental health. Uh, we could all use that natural boost for sure. You know what? I highly recommend the apps and there are lots of them or even just your phone has a, a an app built right into it too that you can use as a track what you're doing. Yeah. And keeping track makes a world of difference. We got the kids uh, because Bridget and I both have garments. So we got the kids garments, uh, sort of a younger version mm-hmm. for them. And they are all over trying to reach their goal every single day. It's kind of a, you know, a bit of a mind game, but it really keeps you motivated and keeps you active. So whether you do it with a free app on your phone or you get one of those fit watches, whatever they might be, great idea to kind of keep you going day by day and day after day. Don't have to drop the big bucks either. Nope.